Hey guys, on the podcast today we got Casey Luck, and on Thursday we're gonna have Michael Cho. All right, cue theme music. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. This is a podcast about the life of you and me, hosted by Christian Escoto. Hey guys, welcome to the Life of You and Me podcast. My name is Christian. Escoto. Yes, I am doing this podcast. Yes, you are listening to my voice. Yes, it is a Monday. How many affirmations do I have to give you? Well, um, you know, I was, I woke up today sort of like in a, in a sort of like frenzy of, of just, uh, fear and uh, anxiety, and, I, and it, it just came came to mind that it is almost final season for every college student out there. This is a time where you're you're packing a whole semester's worth of knowledge into one night or two nights, whatever your battle strategy is. But it's not going to be good. You're going to procrastinate. It's inevitable. There is no person who's been studying for the final in the beginning of the semester. No one's prepared. And I, 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 I didn't really think it, to, it didn't really settle in at first, though. I have to be honest. Like, I woke up early, uh, worked on some circuit stuff for uh, microprocessors class, soldered, and, uh, you know, I was pretty tired, so I went back to bed, but, you know, I, I just felt like I couldn't, because there's this, like, oh, you know, I, I did that project, but is there more stuff to do? Do I feel that there is is enough things that I'm doing? And, and that sort of thought is is just inevitable to someone who's just procrastinating and is a slacker like me because you know i don't i don't think my mind is is geared to just okay christian you're going to do this one thing and just take it step at a time no i i procrastinate so much and i just let fear and anxiety and just the thought of me failing just drive me forward and I think that's how I get stuff done, but it's so stressful. It's really taxing on my health and everything and mental stability, but it's the way it works. I don't know. I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to seek out some uh, sort of method in order for me to uh, just accomplish things where you're not so worried. And it's, it's all a mental game. It's, you know, it could be a good situation or it could be a bad situation. I don't know. Uh, well, I just I don't mean to be the voice of a generation, but you know I am a college student talking to college people because this audience is pretty much all college students. But I just want to say, you know, with with all these finals and everything, you know, all the cliche stuff, you know, don't worry, whatever, it's gonna be fine. You know, whatever happens, happens. You know what? Yeah, but I mean. You just just assess yourself of why you're taking that final, not even just for the to pass the class, but like, don't you know? And this is for everything. Why are you taking it? Why are you as a person taking this? Because everything happens for a reason. It could be you know to get you know a good grade, or even go into the metaphysical state where it's just like it's just a test of wit and strength, and perseverance. Wow, that got really just off the board. Like, finals are just like a test of your endurance. And, you know, it's not a personal reflection on you. It's just how far you're going to take it with you. So I I don't even know what I just said. So anyway, for the people who are going to take finals after Thanksgiving break, I wish you the best of luck from yours truly, Christian. Anyway, we have Casey Luck on the podcast today. Uh, Casey is was my room uh, RA, which uh, resident assistant. I always forget what that stands for. I thought it was like room. 
something. It's not asshole. Room asshole. I don't know. But he is the complete opposite of that. He was very... I remember him as being generally nice. He was always helpful in uh, my questions about, you know, how long does, you know, a hot pocket, you know, cook in our communal, ba- you know, uh, kitchen, or how how often does the communal bathrooms get clean? Uh, stuff like that. And he patiently told me those answers, and I uh, applaud him for his patience with me because, like, I I know, and I'm trying to be real, I'm a really difficult person to live with. I've noticed that. You know, like, my roommate right now, he used to go to West Point. He he folds his corners like they're freaking 90-degree angles, and yet it's like night and day from seeing his side of the room to mine. But he's slugging it out because he is in the army, so he's been through worse. But on me, on the other hand, it's like a raccoon, uh, you know, found, you know, a trash can at a McDonald's. That was a really bad description, but it's it's worse. It's worse. It's I I am a clean person, but like I know I can be dirty sometimes. What was I talking about? Yeah. Anyway, uh, without further ado, here is Casey Luck and my conversation with him. Hope you enjoy it. I'm good. Casey, how are you? It's busy, man. How busy? How busy? You know, I I, I can't tell you. I can't even quantify it. You know, it's just... Okay. It's so day by day, I tell you, all all I'm doing is, is just whatever's next on the plate. I'm just going. That's that Google Calendar. I tell you, that's the greatest invention ever. <laughs> I started using that now, and it helps so much. So. Mm-hmm. But you're but you're an RA still, right? Yes, still doing that. Oh my god! How do why, why how how do you keep on doing that? Because like I feel like if you're like once one you do it once and then you're just like oh this is so draining and then to do it again. Oh you well, know, you're absolutely like, right. Uh, I tell you what, you know, I, I'm an FSK this year, so uh-huh. Francis got key. That's the second year dorm. Um, and that's right across the street from Mitchell. You know, I go from Thurston, uh, my freshman year, to Mitchell, my sophomore, and out of FSK. So I've been kind of hanging out at that uh, 1900 block the whole first three years. Mm-hmm. But um, the art position is interesting because it's like a, it's a 24-hour job. You know, that's yeah. that's the one thing I struggle with is sort of understanding that the room you live in is your office, and even at 4 a.m. if someone knocks on your door, you, technically you're still you're still on on the clock. So that's something that I'm I struggle with most. Uh, trying to uh trying to sort of understand that and so how do you kind of separate that uh understand how do you how do you separate yourself from the role when it's technically a 24-hour role mm-hmm. um and i've been able to do that sort of recognize you know when is it's not all right time you know even though someone may be knocking on your door at 4 a.m you, you can choose to not do that you know um you could choose to not open that door to not do that um and that's sort of how i did it for another year is kind of just kind of just turning off the ra uh sometimes you know the switch Right, like um, you can't be a full-on fledged RA at like four o'clock in the morning. You can't, and I tell you, uh, I mean, half the time I'm up then anyway doing homework. You know, I, I don't sleep ever. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. But I tell you, those four a.m. knocks, you know, you you can't even guess what's going to be happening. If someone knocks on your door at four a.m., you're like, geez, it could be, it could be, you know, someone uh, like the toilet paper ran out in the communal bathroom, or <laughs> God forbid, something worse. But. Uh, Right. You know, you, you want to be there for the kids, but you also got to be sane yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, two years on the job is, uh, I love it. Uh, is it something I, I do another year? Mm, probably not. But it's certainly scary, like, the first few, like, first weeks you do it, like, you, you hear a knock at 4 o'clock in the morning, you think it's, like, an emergency. Like, oh, my God, like, yeah. why is he knocking? Or and then it just turns out to be this petty thing. Right. So you've gotten accustomed to, from the way I see it, like, you've gotten accustomed to, like, having people just knock at you for, like, uh, mundane reasons, and then you're just like, uh, all yeah. right, I'll do it, yeah, but right. like, I'm not gonna answer next time. <laughs> and that's true, and that's sort of you know the first couple months of uh, of the Mitchell RA for all our listeners. Christian was actually my resident, yeah. so I was like, I was your, I was your, uh, 
You were my landlord, basically. Right. <laughs> and you were one of the sane residents. Not that we had insane ones, but uh, I tell you, you know, those first couple months when you do the job, you, all you want to do is solve everything. You know, right, right. 4 a.m. knock, you want to solve it. You, you think the worst. But sort of as you transition, as you sort of get those scenarios where it's like a mundane exercise where you're like, seriously, like you can't figure this out yourself. Um, <laughs> not to be kind of saying right now, I love my residents, but uh, I tell you, you kind of learn to sort of you know let those mundane exercises that you know or the just the mundane challenges kind of yeah. kind of solve themselves because they do they're, they're, there's a reason they're called mundane um, and that's sort of what I'm, how I kind of understand the role <laughs> now is uh, you know I want the I want the uh, residents to be sort of what we self-aware for lack of a better term so yeah like not every light bulb is going to shine brightly there's always going to be some guy who's like uh like, right. like he doesn't he can't figure out life for like the life of him right but like um but but you do that and has it been easier um for being an RN in fsk than it was in mitchell well i tell you what it's a different environment because uh-huh. in mitchell is you know you're familiar being living in that dorm being my resident is it's all singles right mm-hmm. um and there's sort of this preconception that singles um, kind of create an environment where all the doors are closed and you don't really talk to anyone. Well, it's, it's actually on the contrary. Um, when you ha- are in singles like that, all people want to do is keep the doors open and kind of uh, uh, build a community naturally. That's kind of why freshmen are, that's why they move freshmen to Mitchell. So um, for those listening, uh, last year Mitchell was primarily a second year dorm and I was an RA for second year. But now uh, 80% of the dorm is all first year because that single environment, uh, the single uh, dorm environment, is actually good for community. Um, so, kind of to to answer the question, um, FSK on the other hand uh, is not. It's you know you have roommates and stuff like that, so it's tougher to to build a community. So, so FSK is different in the sense that it's better for me to be sort of like an uh, like an invisible hand RA, uh, more like. Uh, what would it be? Uh, the uh, opposite of hands off, right? Oh, okay. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, so, you know, I, I send emails, I knock on doors, I reach out to them. Um, but Mitchell is a little more hands on, more of a community because people wanted that. And sort of you kind of, as an RA, kind of get pulled into that um, and you help dev- develop that community. But, you know, when you got roommates in FSK, when you have people that you've, you've known and you've agreed to have uh, uh, share a dorm with, um, it's kind of a fragmented community. Um, which is it's tough to build it, but you kind of recognize what you get. Mitchell, I had a community, and I sort of addressed those needs. Um, while FSK, a, a, a floor-wide community might not be the number one priority is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. And so you kind of go from there. And I definitely can vouch for that because with, like, Mitchell, everyone's so nice. It's yeah. like when – and then opposed to living here in Ivory, everyone's just tired of you. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, when I, when I see you, you, know, you don't get tired of seeing me because you don't see me all the time. Like I'm maybe in the like the library, or I might be in my room all day. But like when I get out, or maybe to use the bathroom, you're like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, hey, Casey." But like, it's not even like a like passive aggressive, like "Hey, Casey." But yeah. I, I I actually genuinely say like, "Hey, what's up?" Because like I don't get to see you as much. Right. So right. that sort of in a way built a community the way I saw it. I think that's a good point. I think yeah. you made a great point. I think. Uh, uh, you know, kind of part of that, the, you know, you sort of said the communal bathrooms, the kitchen, sort of when you're just kind of passing by and you're saying hello and stuff, like mm-hmm. it's very friendly and you just get that uh, environment, uh, community environment. And I tell you, if I've learned anything from the Mitchell uh, environment, uh, it's when you leave it, when you go to a different dorm like Ivory from EFSK, where you kind of miss it, you know? Right. Um, and not that people here are unfriendly, but again, I think when you have roommates, uh, established relationships with the people you're living with, um, building a community isn't a priority. Um, so maybe you know being friendly to other people isn't necessarily a priority either, because there isn't really a need to build a floor-wide mm-hmm. community. Because like the roommate dynamic is very interesting in a way where you um, you live day to day with them, and you you guys you, you get along like the first few weeks, and then the last few months that you uh, of the semester, you're just like hey like, uh, and then you just leave. It's like what's up, and that's all that's all you say. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but like with Mitchell, there's always like a sense of just like, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, there's like a like a sense of like, wow, these people actually care about yeah. me. Yeah, and that's and that's it's helpful, you know, helpful yeah. to me to get through the day. And I'm I 
I, I tell you, those freshmen who are living there now are definitely benefiting from uh-huh. it um, because, you know, for any first year when you're moving into a dorm, as you experienced and myself, uh, all you want is a community. So when you're able to um, just sort of have that welcoming uh, vibe from everyone in the dorm because you're living in singles, because you're passing by, because you're sharing a bathroom, uh, a kitchen, um, it, it helps uh, a lot to transition into college. So um, right. I, I think the kids there are doing okay. Um and yeah, I, I think that's the biggest tragedy of having roommates is you can't build a community. You know, while roommates <laughs> allow you to have obviously a pre-established relationship going in, um, and you can really foster though that community because you're literally living in the same proximity. Right. Um, you can't. It kind of takes away from the entire floor-wide community. So, mm-hmm. if there's any way I can make every dorm a, a single, I would do it. But that would be costly, <laughs> and I know GW Housing is always trying to get more beds. So right. <laughs> But I mean, it's different. Um, like an FSK, like uh, you, you're definitely accustomed to like the everyone, the unit system where it's just like all there's this one unit, that person, the other unit, that person. But now you have to keep in mind of like the whole: does Tammy get along with Tracy, or yeah. like, does like this or yeah. that, or what drama there is? There's certainly I, I would like. I mean, I wouldn't assume, but I would speculate. There's a lot more drama in FSK than it was in Mitchell. Well, I, I tell you what, there was uh, Mitchell. There was the a lot of floor sets. I could tell you, was always, that's the terminology, you know, the <laughs> floor sets. The floor sets, like people <laughs> sleeping sleeping with each other, and then that person sleeping with another roommate. So it'd be a very interesting dynamic. Well, I tell you what, drama in uh, in FSK. You know, obviously, I can't go into specifics, but it's definitely attuned to more uh, internally within the rooms with the roommates, as uh-huh, you said. Yeah. And there's not sort of like a community. Uh, conflict. So you're, you're right. right. Definitely, there's more internal stuff going on um, in FSK. But I guess that's sort of the cost of of living with someone. Obviously, if you're living with someone who's great, you're gonna have a a, a baller time. Um, but if if things aren't working out too well, well, you know that's sort of what happens when you live with a, a roommate. So. That's why I like being RA. You know, I have a single all the <laughs> and time. And you seem like you're doing a great job. Like, seriously, the thing is, like, if you didn't do well your first year, they wouldn't let you do it the second right. year. So they, you gotta, you know, you got a streak going. Yeah. But um, it's really interesting how you know how how does balancing your academics and RA, you know, just just fit? Because I mean, RA is a lot of time, but I mean, so is academics. Well, absolutely. And I tell you, they, they teach you this in RA training. is uh, RA is second to uh, academics. Obviously, number one is yourself, making sure you're healthy. Of course. So, you know, one, two, three. Um, three or two being RA, if you if you count the yourself as the priority. Um, but, yeah, sort of, it, it's kind of, the answer to this kind of, uh, kind of uh, bounces off what I said earlier, sort of this 24-hour uh, mold. You know, a lot of, I think... The, R, the, the RA that is most stressed out sort of views the RA position as a 24-hour job. That person will jump out of class if there's an emergency. They will get out of their bed if it's an emergency. Um, and that's something that uh, I obviously I had the first two months of the job. I tell you what, I'll t- and I was stressed. And so you have to recognize that the RA job, while it seems 24 hours, as I said before, you gotta you gotta recognize when you're an RA and when you're not. You know, when are you a student? When you're an academic? So when I'm in class, I'm a student. You know, RA things will come after. You know, I said you set uh, set aside time for student, for studying, mm-hmm. for just free time, for for socializing, for for just kind of sitting and doing nothing. And that's kind of where the Google Calendar helps out a lot. Is because you literally put in your schedule from three fifteen to three thirty. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do nothing. You know why? Because it's 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 good for my head, right? Um, and uh, and that's the the and if you can do that as an RA position, kind of recognize when you're an RA and when you're not, then you could. You know, you'll be you'll be a, a fantastic RA because, again, you know those who are, who are stressing out over the job kind of put it uh, as the number one above academics, and you, you have to recognize that academics are number one, right. uh, no matter what. So because like some people get really involved mm-hmm. in their job, and they, they they feel like it's their life, especially with the R, especially in a place of power. Yeah. With like, and and you're just fresh out. I say this with, you know, good intentions, but like. Uh, there's something with be being like in a higher position where mm-hmm. some some people might abuse it. Mm-hmm. Some people might like like just uh, be controlling and just mm-hmm. like no, you can't have this, this, yeah. this. Like you're too loud or whatever. Um, but like, uh, how how have you sort of just got out of that dynamic? Because yeah. it it is tempting to just yeah. like boss around people. 
And and I tell you what, the first thing they tell you when you get the RA job is that you're uh, sort of a campus ambassador. You're uh-huh. kind of looked at. Like, oh, that person's an RA. They're, they're important. Obviously, that doesn't actually happen. But, yeah, you know, being an RA, there's a sense of power associated with it. Um, and, I, you know, I, ever, I never really understood the idea of abusing it because, you know, at the end of the day, your role is to link people to resources and to build community. So if someone needs something, um, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, any campus partner from – you know, GWPD to uh, uh, health services to just, you know, maybe it's even just finding food at Chase Street. I don't know. Um, that's our job <laughs> is to link people to that, right? Okay. And that's sort of how I recognize it. You right. Know, I, okay. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. But, like, uh, the way I see it is, like, you see it as not as a sort of, like, hey, you know, you need to get your yeah. sign, you know, your form signed in on time. But you see it as, like, hey, I know college is hard. Yeah, college is really hard, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to help you, just guide you to something. Like it might not be what you're looking for, but hey, at least there's someone here for you to um, show you the route or something, or some some variation of the route. Because like, especially with uh, freshmen, they don't know exactly what to do. They oh they they think they have it figured out, but mm-hmm. like they don't. Like you know. And the RAs are definitely great for that, and everything. But <laughs> no, you're, yeah, everything you're saying is is, is absolutely true, and yeah. I agree. Um, you know, this year uh, in particular, I kind of take on a mentorship role because I have people. Uh, you're younger than me, right? Yeah. So I could kind of not mold their minds, but direct them to. You know, obviously they make the decisions, but again, giving them resources to help them make the best decision for them. So then, when they make that step into the unknown. To the next thing, they they have everything they need. They have all the supplies that they need. Um, but last year it was uh, it was a little interesting because I was you know I was a sophomore in Mitchell, as was all my you know my population. Everyone was my age. Um, so the way for me to sort of connect with everyone was mm-hmm. recognizing that I was growing with them. Right. So right. mentorship was less important because I didn't have much to offer because I was asking the same questions they were. But it was more like let's hold hands, let's kind of make those steps together. Because um, mm-hmm. we're both in this together, and that's yeah. sort of how I related uh, and connected with the residents is sort of through that relationship and experience, kind of experience stuff together. Um, but for freshmen in particular, uh, definitely, yeah, uh, mentorship role is uh, is absolutely key, especially in Thurston. Because I tell you, those Thurston RAs are doing something a lot different than I am, um, just because the nature of you know how it is. I mean. A year, a, col- uh, a year in college is a lifetime. I guarantee that. Mm-hmm. And a week in Thurston is is something else. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We could talk all day about being an RA. Basically, yeah. just like have write uh, five novels oh, about yeah. it. I love it. It's it's. There's nothing like it. You do. You, there's nothing like that role. So, mm-hmm. but I just want to touch uh, lightly on your background. Uh, you're from Illinois, right? Yes, Illinois. And were you born and raised there? So I was born, uh, yes, I was born in Chicago, outside, not city of Chicago. I'm like 30 minutes a suburb. Uh, Northbrook, mm-hmm. Illinois is what it's called. It's uh, kind of a simple name. Northbrook meaning north of the city. So uh, I could take the train in any day. But I say Chicago because people associate more with Chicago. Obviously, <laughs> people who are from Illinois will say, no, you're not in Chicago and you're from Northbrook. Um, <laughs> At least but, don't refer to the Windy City. Right. Like a tourist. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you live in uh, north, uh, northern the Chicago for, for most of your life, or did you move at all? So I have actually been there my whole life, and I uh, lived in two houses. Uh, uh-huh. One was in Northbrook, the other one well, it was in Northbrook. I, I moved about five minutes from, stayed in the same school district. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been in Northbrook. I've never left the country. I've traveled as far as Colorado. I actually went to Oregon last year, so Oregon, um, and then uh, well, then D.C. Right, so. Definitely, uh, definitely. The reason why I kind of came here was to really kind of break that uh, comfort zone or get out of that comfort zone and just kind of try new cultures. And I'm hoping to right. tri- study abroad in the fall. So. And do you have any siblings? Yes, I got five siblings. Five siblings. Wow. Five, yeah, <laughs> got a big the Luck family. The Luck family. The Luck household. Yeah. Uh, do, uh, do you have any older siblings who, uh, or are you the oldest? So it's going to be. So I'm number three. So yes, two old, uh, two older, oh, and okay. then uh, three younger. So I guess I'm the, the middle-ish child. So. I see. So so you were. Um, I assume that uh, the two older uh, kids wanted to get out of Chicago as well, or did they? Um... Oh, you're absolutely right. My oldest brother is in El Salvador right now, oh, studying wow. uh, doing Peace Corps. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he he you know he studied abroad in uh, Cuba, and now he's there. 
Uh, my sisters and uh, my oldest, so my it's the, my oldest is my brother Orin, O R R I N. Mm-hmm. Uh, second oldest is Annie, as in Anastasia, the that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in Indiana right now, graduated from Butler University. Uh, she's traveled a lot, and she's hoping to do some more. So uh, you're absolutely right. We got that uh, travel bug or whatever it's called in uh, right. all of us. Because, like, from what I understand is that, especially from people from the Midwest, they want to get, they just want to go so far to the coast. Oh, absolutely. Like California or Washington, D.C., like you. So, um, and was George Washington, like, your first choice? Yeah, it was. You know, the joke is I, I went as far as I could without going to water. Um, <laughs> but uh, GW is definitely the number one because it not only was it a place that's so far, you know, it was east, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also uh, a vehicle for me to then go further because GW's International Affairs, that's what I'm studying uh, in that mini Elliott school. So I'm coming here so it allows me to go further, right? So to study abroad in Paris, hopefully next fall. Um, you know, my younger sister, Marie, she actually just graduated high, uh, graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So she went actually, as you said, the other side. So she's actually mm-hmm. in Montana studying at Montana State University. So wow. all over, you know. <laughs> all, all the look family is just planting seeds everywhere. Right. Exactly, right? We're <laughs> we're taking over the the country and then hopefully the world. So So being the middle child in in your family, were you ever like the shy child or were you outgoing? Well, that's a good question. You know, some people uh kind of, you know, just kind of my mannerisms. I'm more of an introverted kid. Kind mm-hmm. of think I'm an only child. And uh, I think the mm-hmm. reasoning is, I think every a lot of, uh, all five of us, uh, six of us are kind of like introverted, kind of kind of uh, quiet uh, uh, kids. And I think that's because, you know, when you grow up in a house of eight people, uh, all, you know, you're exposed to social interaction 24-7. So it's actually when you get out of the house that you're finally alone. So, you know, in high school, I kind of just did my own thing. In college, I'm definitely a little more social now, but uh, definitely uh, appreciate being alone uh, because when you grow up uh, in a in a household of seven people, you you definitely learn to be uh, uh, social so that when you leave, you could just kind of chill, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. no, it definitely makes sense because you're, you're in a house where, I mean, you kind of have to just, you can't be like a solidarity, yeah. like the, the rogue or yeah, everyone's like, <laughs> like it's a group effort in a mm-hmm. sense so you do have to communicate with one another but like outside you know you want to take a break yeah you definitely want to take a break and were you involved in like any uh, curricular like football or like uh, theater or stuff yeah like that? um i was a 12 sport athlete so i did uh, i did football i was mm-hmm. uh, all conference all north shore all state academics so i was pretty good um and then um I did track and field. I was a captain on that. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, football is more, you know, more of a team sport. So I, I definitely got more of that family bond. Um, uh, and then, well, then track and field was, is that's more of an individual sport. So that kind of reflects sort of that introverted lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of, you know, I go there, do my thing. Obviously, senior year, I was a captain. I had more of a, a connection with the younger kids. But uh, you know, you go up there and uh, you you perform. You do your individual task, um, and then you're done. So, mm-hmm. um, sports has always been something I kind of. Uh, uh, have used as sort of a a mental uh, uh, outlook because you know while you obviously have the physical benefits from doing it, uh, activity, it's sort of a source of meditation. So um, that's why you know I don't have football anymore at Dragon mm-hmm. Field, but I, I I do power lifting and stuff like that. That's so very uh, interesting. Yeah, just some uh, physical activity. So uh, to answer mm-hmm. your question, extracurriculars, absolutely, it was all related to to uh, athleticism, if that's the right. I word. see. And so, uh, did you just do sports, or were you involved in like any any sort of like club? Yeah, or? Uh, not not particularly. Um, definitely, uh, definitely, sports was the number one. Um, I did uh, I do a little graphic design on the side. I, I you know took some classes really? in school. Um, that's something I like to do. My dad actually is an artist. He's a watercolor painter. He does portraits. Um, uh, Terryoluck.com. If uh, our <laughs> listeners want to check it out, um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of got that from him. So a little bit of art in me, but less less of the hand, more of the 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 mouse, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I sort I do on the side. You said uh, more of the not the hand, but the mouse. The mouse. So mouse. like oh mouse, like the computer. <laughs> I thought you said mouth. Yeah. I thought you were like a great orator. Or oh no, <laughs> I wish I, I I always sing in the shower. I tell you, but I'm no good. <laughs> did, did you ever get commissioned with like the graphic design? Uh, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm working right now with a little startup. I'm doing uh, business and marketing, but I'm really? handling a lot of the uh, 
uh, graphic design stuff right now. I'm, you know, I develop a lot of the uh, the catalog and, and I'm helping with the logo a bit. Um, the logo is pre-established, but kind of helping create some of that uh, uh, graphics for the the company is, is exciting because mm-hmm. it's something I've always liked to do. But it has nothing to do with what I'm doing as a career. But I tell you, if that's something I end up doing anyway, I'd love to do it. Um, just because it's because uh, you know, I don't know when you when you take an I'm uh, I'm international affairs and anthropology. Um, you know, when you're doing this, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of good uh, uh, a lot of good discussion and sort of uh, making an impact is is the goal, but it's kind of tough to really see that mm-hmm. uh, tangibly. And I guess graphic design, you see your final product and you turn that in. I guess that's something, that's why I like it so much is because it's it's something I could I could kind of hold saying I did this, where in anthropology and internet affairs, while I love what I'm doing, it's tough to tangibly see and get feedback from what you're doing, which is uh, 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 something that uh, uh, makes graphic design mm-hmm. kind of compensate for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it, it definitely does. I mean, like, there, I mean, people normally just try to do something that's way out of their field mm-hmm. like yeah. if like leaders if they they're tired of just telling people what to do they usually build do like do lego sets because they want to be told what to do right right so there's always like a there's give and take there's always like a void that needs to be filled sometimes but hmm. not not in that drastic sense of like oh i i, I need graphic design right, because right. i'll go insane but it's sort of like an outlet yeah in a way and, and you're absolutely right uh-huh. and, I, and i tell you you look at a lot of these you know, f- successful artists and painters, and it seems like everything's an outlet, and then it ends up becoming the number one thing you do. So, uh, I do like Lego sets, also. Yes. <laughs> did your Did your father um, ever like teach you how to paint and teach you art, or try to make an effort to make? Oh, you absolutely. Guys artists? We've we're an art family, I'd say. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I don't think anyone in particular has really picked up the pen uh, as much as my my dad was. He's he's a fantastic artist. He you know did really well in high school, and he. Studied in college, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's always uh, very cool to brag about. But uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, uh, nothing, I wouldn't. I mean, he he helped me. You know, he helped teach sort of how how to the basics of it. But there is no, there was no like intensive like like you know four hour sessions of us writing doing this stuff. It was very casual. So you know, the image of me sitting down, him telling me what to do, has has never happened. It was just more casual because he's always right. he's always painting. He's got a he's got a, a art uh, studio in the, the our garage. He's got a tiki bar. He's got like a nice setup. Um, so I'm always in there, kind of just chilling, painting, uh, sitting back, uh, relaxing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's therapeutic. You know. So your father never like uh, imposed something on you, like where you have to follow this mm-hmm. uh, track. He was more of like it's casual, but like you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both, sort of a mm-hmm. juxtaposition of you have the freedom to do what you want, but there's you know make sure to do these things because it's good for you. And <laughs> and for for our family, it was two things. It was uh, one sport, at least one sport, and then at least one instrument. Um, so I played trumpet uh, in high school, and then and that was good. I'm glad I was kind of pushed to do that because obviously you know trumpet's one thing but you learn how to read music mm-hmm. um, and then football uh for me or just doing a sport in general is, is good for you know uh, physical activity social connect, uh, connecting socially with your teammates you know whatever um and that was about it art on the other hand is something like if you were interested my dad would teach you but if, if you don't want to do it then then that's fine mm-hmm. um but i wasn't i wasn't really pushed to do anything i think okay i think uh that freedom allowed me to really kind of do my own thing, and that's sort of helpful, because now I have independence. You know, I think I think it's tough. I think people who are um, pushed really hard, you know, at home to do things, when they finally go to college or they go to do their own thing, um, there's kind of like this void of, oh shoot, I don't really have much direction. I have a lot of freedom now. It kind of it's kind of like a, a culture shock almost. Um, is having that independence to really choose your own path, which is a great time for discovery to find out who you are but it's also daunting and i think i've always had i think i've always been able to sort of i've always had that mechanism to really kind of do my own thing and discover which has been helpful when i made that transition to college oh that's absolutely right because you no one wants to be pigeonholed yeah no one wants to just say okay this is the path i have to take because there's no other choice yeah like that's that's daunting in itself it's just like oh wow you know, like, is this it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so your your father was a painter. Uh, what what did your uh, mother do? 
Uh, so my mom, uh, so uh, my mom's a, a photojournalist, a freelance mm. photojournalist. That's the title she goes by. So photo meaning she takes the pictures, journalist meaning she writes articles um, about uh, whatever she's doing. So she'll she'll go, she'll she'll uh, you know take pictures for something. She'll write something about uh, write about whatever event she's doing and 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 submit it to her publisher. She uh, she's freelance for the local Northbrook Star is what it's called. Um, but then she works for the Chicago Tribune, uh, Tribune formerly the Chicago Sometimes. Um, well, the Tribune wasn't formerly the Sometimes. She formerly worked with the Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's cool because she does uh, a lot of that journalist side. Uh, my dad does art, and then he also does advertising, which is sort of the graphic design part of it. And they kind of work mm-hmm. to uh, they they work together a lot, which is cool having a a team uh, kind of doing that stuff. That um, dynamic. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a growing dynamic, and it's kind of you know just witnessing it as as kids is kind of cool. It's kind of something I'd like to have with my you know future partners. Is <laughs> obviously you know jobs one thing, but be able to work together on something is always cool to see. So uh, she's working like like a mad woman like you know 30 hours a day you oh know just doing stuff that's insane and she's a role model of mine that's kind of what keeps me going when i'm pulling an all-nighter or whatever the heck i'm mm-hmm. doing um just knowing that she's probably doing uh whatever i'm doing plus uh you know plus 20 more things so right because <laughs> being like, a mom and also yeah of course and especially being a freelancer you know yeah because like there's just so many projects you have to do yeah uh, I mean, I mean, of course you put it on yourself, but like you want to uh, succeed, right? With any freelancer, if you, even if you're like a graphic design freelancer, you want to do your best in all your endeavors, which means like uh, getting uh, a lo- enough clients or you know getting uh, you know those projects done on time. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of just like oh yeah, a lot going on, <laughs> and that's exactly right. She's doing like four articles a night. Um, I think that's the price you pay for having autonomy in your freelance is that you have a million things to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but I tell you, you know, always, my goal is, and for anyone, should always be to be your own boss. Even if you're mm-hmm. under a boss, is to to be able to have autonomy in the decision making you're doing, because um, no job's worth it if if you cannot uh, think for yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I. You're right. Yeah. Everyone. Every the thing is. I guess people want to be their own boss, but they don't. Some people don't know how to. Yeah, they're they're always like used to, and I think it's like a parental thing. Yeah, that you know, as a child, they're always being told what to do, and once they're out in the free world, they're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> because no one's telling me to do something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be your own boss, but also be you know the master of your destiny too. Yeah. I like something. I like that. Yeah. Master your own destiny. That's absolutely right. Uh, I, for the lack of better words. No, it's perfect. That's that's the words I was I would use because you know you want to be your own boss today, but it's all about uh, paving that you know the future, whatever yeah. whatever lies ahead. You you know while you may not know what's over the hill, you at least know that you're going in the right direction. You know. Right. Because where where else are you gonna go? You know. With, yeah. With, I mean, like. I mean, the the sunrise is over the horizon, is like, not, you don't really see the sun. Yeah. You're, you're walking towards like a mountain. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just kind of see the sun, but you can't really make yeah. it out. You, you see the sun, which guides you, but you, again, you don't know what's over there. Mm-hmm. I love talking to metaphors. Yeah. Like. I love it, too. <laughs> um, I tell you, I always use a metaphor that, you know, you know the Robert Frost poem or, or saying is always, the road uh-huh. less taken, right? I, I, you know, I don't even... I'm on the other hand. I don't even vouch for the road less taken. I just say because the road less taken is someone who's taken that road, right? For me, it's you know half the time you should just you should just get off the road, man. That's interesting. Just go off into the the, the you know mm-hmm. the the flora and and run and just 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 free, discover. Just fly. Fly. I like it. Don't don't. Why do you have to take the road? You know, roads are there because people already paved them. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's good. Obviously, a paved road is you know the reason people pave roads and build bridges so the person behind can walk over them. And I mm-hmm. absolutely value that. I'm not saying that, but you're absolutely right. Um, but they've been they've been used, and and, and sometimes it, while you want to use the bridges and the roads, you want to kind of write your own destiny, you mm-hmm. know, and really kind of just you know go can, go to the mountain with the sun rising. Can I use that in my stand-up? Please do, <laughs> please do. I love it. Oh jeez. Yeah. But on uh, uh, going to GW. All right. You you're an uh, international student, and are you a part of any organization? I know you're in Beta. Yeah, I w- I'm in. Uh, so I'm in uh, beta. That's sort of that social uh, 
part of me. That's where I get uh, uh-huh. connect with a lot of my uh, bros. Um, doing that RA business, we've certainly talked that to that one. Um, and then, so I'm working with uh, two startups right now. I sort of mentioned that like graphic design yeah. uh, clothing brand I'm working. It's called Blue Fit. Um, that's BlueFitClothing.com. Blue Fit on the Facebook page. Um, we're certain. Uh, I'm working with a, a, a beta alum actually. He graduated from Miami of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he reached out to me. We're working on that together. Um, and then uh, uh, the founder, uh, Blue Fit, is based off of of one of my, uh, Alyssa Blue, who's the founder. She's based out of California. So working on that's really interesting, and it's given me a lot of perspective on startups and companies. And I'm hoping, or I, you know, there's a vision associated with it, and I believe in Blue Fit that it'll become something a lot greater um, than myself and what I'm mm-hmm. doing, just kind of going day by day with all the uh, paperwork and. Uh, papers that i'm turning in so working on that i'd recommend the listeners to check out bluefootclothing.com and then i'm working with a music startup called we go concerts which is a Mm. a music sharing or a a, it's called sort of like a a social uh connecting music app that's the right term basically Mm. it's a it's an app that you go on you list which genres uh uh, you associate with so for me it's like electronic dance music uh uh trap or whatever you know whatever i like whatever whatever i like whatever you like and you type in those genres and it tells you when upcoming shows for those genres and your favorite artists are in town and you can sort of connect with people uh, who are also going to those shows and then you can sort of build social networks based on the music you listen to mm-hmm. um music's very close to my heart it's you know i uh, I have these headphones. They're like $100 headphones. They're always in in my ears 24-7. I'm always listening to music. Um, so music's a big part of my life, and that's why I'm sort of getting involved in that. So mm-hmm. um, two internships, beta, um, and then uh, RA. So that kind of was a lot. That kind of subs it out. Yeah. It's like your resume. Hey, right. look at me. There you go. <laughs> oh, and then I'm doing Monster Energy or whatever. So I'm, I hand out cans when I can. Oh, you work for Monster? I work for Monster, too. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that was fun. I'll, <laughs> I'll to show you a picture later. I, I, yeah, oh they gave me a, a 20 cases of Monster at the beginning of fall, and I had I had like $2,000 worth of Monster in my room. How did you get that gig? Yeah, funny story, actually. This okay. is a this is a good story. So uh, freshman year, uh, sophomore year in the fall, right? So, uh-huh. so, you know, when we first met, right, Mitchell? Um I go to that Fall Fest, right? And there's a monster booth. There's always a monster booth there, handing a monster. Yeah. And there's this really cool hat that they have on the table. It's like a snapback, you know. It's, it's a lame hat, but I thought it was cool because I like monster. <laughs> and I asked the guy, "Can I have that hat?" And he goes, uh, "No, you, you can't have the hat. But I tell you what, if you do something for me, I'll give you the hat." And he says, "Okay, what, what do you want me to do?" So, I want you to rap, do a thirty-second rap. Oh shit. And I tell the guy, I'm like, okay, give me, give me, uh, give me about two minutes. I'll come back. I'll, you know, I'll write something up and I'll, and I'll rap monster. He wanted me to rap for monster. So I go on, I go on my, you know, on, on, on my uh, phone and I type in uh, generic single stanza rap. And it's like this very generic stanza rap, like rapping how life is great and life is good. And I just replace the word life with monster. So basically, monster is good. Monster is great. You know, I go back to the guy. I wrap the stanza. Mm-hmm. He records it. He loves it. He gives me the hat, and I ask, like, "Hey, you know, are you guys hiring ambassadors for Monster?" Right? And he says, "Oh, not right now. You know, we got someone for you." Um, so spring later, they reach out to me, and and you know, I get the gig, and I'm still doing that now. But it's just so funny how, you know, if you really go out of your comfort zone and do silly stuff like rap, or you know, do just just you know, go out on stage or. Just really just try things you never do. Who knows what, you know, you're going to get opportunities like that. So right. and I wouldn't might, have it any other way. It might be an epilogue at the end. It's like five months from now, like Casey Luck is like the CEO of Monster. Right, or right. Or, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'll be, I'll be a monster myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> from all the monster I drink, I might as well be one. But you don't consume all of them. You, you give it away. Oh, I have to. I tell you, I, I drink a lot. I drink like two or three a, a day back uh, when I got all the cans, and I tell oh, you, no. I was losing my mind. Um, but I hand you know I hand them out biweekly mm-hmm. meetings uh, or events. Um, if any listeners want me to do a monster event, reach out to me personally. I could put something on. Um, but I tell you, I get a. I had so much. It's tempting, but uh-huh. if I've learned anything, is you know, like any good businessman, you you don't consume the product in which you're distributing. 
Um, and you would take it when 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 you're having all nighters and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. because oh, uh, it gets you, monsters insane. Right. Like, I mean, there's a reason it's called monster. It definitely gets you going. And I probably I probably wouldn't be doing as well as I am or functioning as well as I am without monster. Because <laughs> um, I tell you, it's not sleep. It's just it's just, it's just being wired for monster. <laughs> if you if you cut your hand, there's just like green stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I look like Bane or something from Batman as my veins are green with venom or monster stuff. Monster. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, uh, I mean, drinking all that monster, have you come, like, immune to, like, its effects? Because well, it's the same with coffee. Like, if you drink too much coffee... Do you, do you realize that? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I have to drink more. And that's something... <laughs> and when I, when I notice I'm drinking three a day, I'm like, okay, it's time to... Take it easy. Time to take it easy. So, you know, the tolerance goes down, and you could drink, you know, then you could get away with having one to keep you going. But, you know, absolutely right. Um, and it's something you learn through experience. Is tolerance is a real thing. Good thing it's monster, not some sort of other substance that yeah, I'm learning exactly. from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can look back into your life. It's like, oh, college years. That was the monster years. Those were the monster years. I love it. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Those were the mo- yeah. monster years. And, like, like I, would, I would, like, free... Oh my god! I I could imagine like like you could, you would just freeze it in like the fridge and then just hey monster pops or something. Oh my god! I can't even imagine. You know, just <laughs> like you just find different ways of using monster. Well, I, I will admit there's this one monster. It's a creamy coffee monster. This might be TMI, oh but uh, I made mac and cheese one day and I forgot the milk and I instead I poured the creamy monster <laughs> in the mac and I had monster mac. It wasn't the worst thing I ever had, but it oh, definitely wouldn't recommend God. it to our listeners. Jeez. <laughs> so you have changed my view of monster indefinitely, like in a good way or a bad way. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Either. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, just you know, our you know, listeners, don't drink three a day. Um, <laughs> I'll happily distribute some to y'all, but uh, I recommend one every maybe two a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, like. Jeez, Casey. If if I knew this, I would have gotten like so many monsters from because I remember like at, at Mitchell, like you were like, hey, I got some monster cans. Yeah. I was like, we went out of your way to buy all that monster. No, of course not. And then I just never picked it up. If I had, I had noon, your uh, monster, your monster. It's not an addiction. It's like it's more of a problem. I'm just. Kidding. No, well, I tell you what, it's, whatever it is, I'm, I'm addressing it. But uh, that's why I'm giving, uh, giving you and everyone else on campus the monster because I can't do it anymore, right? Hi, my name is Casey. I'm a right. recovering monster right. addict. It's been what three months? Three Still months since my last monster. Like, now I'm going on a Red Bull or something. No, oh, no. I'm kidding. Uh, monster was a gateway drug to Red Bull. I know that's right. Monster's a gateway drug. That's the biggest argument why it should be a, a federal offense. Uh, I could just imagine, like, if you're out of gas, like, in your car, you could just pour in Monster and just, like... Just kind of get... It, I yeah. would It would just get that car going, that's for get, sure. Get car going, and you just go 100 miles in, like, zero seconds. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> but um, how, do you, how do you like Beta? Because, like, I think that was my original question. Uh, beta's uh, fantastic. I tell you what, it's uh, really kind of changed since I've joined the organization. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, risk manager for uh, about, what, three and a half semesters. Yeah. How um, so? How, how has it changed? Well, I tell you, you know, when you're in the RM role, when you're an e-board member, you get a perspective on things. You're, uh-huh. You know, you, you naturally have more of a bureaucratic role. And I, I actually <laughs> stepped down about a semester early to allow some of uh, the younger, uh, a younger guy named Aiden to step up, and it was an opportunity for him to grow, and he's doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much personal growth from it. Um, that's sort of something I uh, recognize uh, for any position, for anyone. Uh, if you no longer see yourself growing from it or getting anything out of it, you sh- it's time to move on. Um, mm-hmm. That said, you know, when I stepped down, I kind of I was a brother finally. I was finally a brother for the first time in, in a year and a half. I've been able to really enjoy beta uh, socially, and it's changed in a way that's become more involved. Uh, beta sort of had this uh, freshman year. Um, it was a little more low-key. Uh, you know, we were socially sanctioned. You know, we were on all these different things from the university, so we didn't really hold much events. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the seniors were maybe not as active. Maybe there were some fractures and just the brotherhood in general. 
Um, and at that time, it wasn't as apparent. But like now, when you see a lot of these things kind of rejuvenate, you see a lot of these mm-hmm. bonds fix. A lot of these younger guys really giving an effort um, for brotherhood, to social, to philanthropy, to just kind of you know even just hanging out or even the gym. You know, I'm I have like a mini gym like rat squad going on. Um, <laughs> And it's cool. I love it because mm-hmm. finally people are getting more involved. And I kind of, again, I got swept into that community. Um, and it allows me to just enjoy it um, and just kind of have a fun time because that's what, that's what any social group is about is at the end of the day, you're just hanging out and you're having oh, a good yeah, time. Definitely. And I if mean, you're worried about the bureaucracy, it's not the right place. So, mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's pretty much what frats are. I mean, it's just a play, like a safe space to, like, hang out with your, your brothers and, mm-hmm. like, everything. But the, the interesting thing about uh, Beta is that it's – I don't know if you heard it, but it's, like, people say it's, like, the nicest frat on campus. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? I, you know, I, I don't hear much about uh, the perception of Beta. Uh-huh. Um, but nice, I, I'd say. Yeah. Um, there are a bunch of uh, jackasses in it, but they're all, you know, my jackasses. I'm kidding. They're all good kids. Um, nice. I actually haven't heard that one. I hear, uh, I hear um, Beta's like the, the, the unique one, the kind of the well-dressed kind of nice. So, yeah, nice. Nice is a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah, yeah. Not not to differentiate from the other frats. Yeah, you right, know? right. They're um, just, oh, beta, they're just nice. Yeah. Well, beta, you know, beta, we claim that we're not part of the, you know, hierarchies. You know, beta, you know, uh-huh. we're, we don't care about the ranks. We're, beta's doing their own thing, and if you don't like us, we don't care. You know why? Because we're just having a good time. So uh-huh. that's what's most important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, are some of the beta uh, kids in your major, like, do you have people in your classes in like the Elliott school yeah um yeah sometimes i tell you actually not as much i think uh, Elliott school is a minority in terms of uh beta majors mm. um and i think that's the you know nature of a lot of these organizations columbia <gasps> excuse me columbian schools got a lot of majors so there's obviously going to be more people who are columbian right. uh, majors but like for general eds even as a junior i'm taking a lot of classes that sort of transcend other schools like Right now, my concentration is uh, global public health, so I'm taking a lot of schools in the uh, Milken Institute, and there are a couple uh, public health beta majors who I'm taking classes with. So, you know, you you kind of trickle in. You know, there might be a beta in your class, one or two, and you kind of, and then you have your kind of your study group for that semester. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's, and um, I, I I have to be honest here. I actually did rush beta. Yeah, I did. That mm-hmm. was interesting. That was uh, when was it again? That was freshman year, spring semester. Freshman year, spring semester. I remember. I I didn't really talk to many people, yeah. because like, I think I gave like a false perception of who I was. Yeah. Because like, I would just like make people laugh. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. Because like I'm a funny guy, so I might yeah. as well just like. But I never really, um, got serious. And I think this, um, the effect of that is like I started a podcast where mm-hmm. I talk real like seriously yeah. Yeah, which has talk. been like i tell you casey it's been very just uh what's the word just enlightening and mm-hmm. it felt something i had to get out because i'm not always a funny person mm-hmm. i'm always like serious like right now yeah but beta didn't really get that or something mm-hmm. and I, I remember the interview i just made the person laugh the entire mm-hmm. time i didn't get like like any serious questions i would just like Make, and everything and I was like yeah I'm in and then I get the call it's like no you're not mm. so oh well <laughs> well have you been able to connect with another organization kind of um where maybe the seriousness has been more kind of shown mm. if that's you know what I think in, in a sense like going back to what I did afterwards, like I felt that okay, maybe 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 I felt a little discouraged. Like maybe mm-hmm. like the frat life isn't for me, mm-hmm. and so you know I would do stand up, which is very singular, yeah. and it's just like you is all on you. There's no sense of community unless you bring it on yourself. Like if you reach out to people yeah. and you're just hey, what's up? But other than that, you don't get to see him regularly, mm-hmm. only at the clubs. Mm-hmm. But other than that. Not really. I haven't really found a group. I mean, this podcast has really helped me to yeah. just connect with people one on one, and I think that's that's sort of my niche. Mm-hmm. Like, I love connecting. I love talking to people one on one, but with different groups. Like, mm-hmm. I feel that. 
oh, like I have to divert my attention to this guy, 30 seconds. And then this guy for like another 30. So everyone will have a, you know, equal shot, mm-hmm. you know, of my attention span. But one-on-one is definitely great because it's just us and there's no one else to judge of, I don't know. Like I felt like in in beta where, you know, like you just need to talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I think that's a good point. It's something that I, uh, actually, for a lot of these pledge classes, like the younger kids, just in general, you know, back to what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. about sort of that introverted uh, me, um, I absolutely, one-on-one is, is, is the only way I can really connect with someone. Because, right. um, you know, there's no bullshit. Um, sometimes when you have multiple people, you kind of have to, you know, tune to what they're saying or kind of, you know, again, you can't really get, you can't get a deep connection. There's nothing more powerful than a one-on-one connection. Uh, with someone and to really build that so um, I'm glad that podcast is allowing you to do that because that's so important that's something I struggle with in in beta actually is because you have 90 people so it's tough to really kind of you know sit down like this for a good hour and and really kind of just kind of you know get serious just whether it's serious joking having a good time you're learning more about the other person so Mm -hmm. um, I just I value that so much that ability and it doesn't have to be over dinner right like we don't even have to eat we could just like sit, hey, like, oh, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? It's like, no, I'm busy, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, but like, you could just come over and study at my yeah. place. Like, you just want to talk to right. someone, you know? It's, that's so, it's uh, and people, and that's the problem is a lot of people don't value that, right? Yeah. Because it's always, okay, you know, I only have so much time, so what I want to do is I want to uh, maximize my time by hanging out with three, three of these people at the same time so I can yeah. maximize it. Well, that, yeah, you're not building connections. You're having a good time, fine. Obviously, I, you know, I uh-huh. love hanging out with people, whatever. But when you're trying to, when you're, when your focus is really trying to get to know someone, you gotta just, you just gotta sit down. Um, and food, you know, allows you to do that. But you know, in general, just that's why you know when you you don't need food to do it. You could just sit and talk and study, mm-hmm. um, and have a good time. Uh, yeah. And so I, you know, I just I value that so much, and I'm glad that you uh, you do too. Yeah, because that's something that's definitely overlooked on campus in general. <laughs> or like when when you're talking to someone and they're just looking at the phone. Yeah, right. Like, oh man, like, I, I didn't talk. I didn't invite you to dinner just to stare at the like the front of your head <laughs> the entire yeah, time. It's a pretty front of the head, but I'd rather it's, see your face. <laughs> like I'd rather eat these nachos than look at your the front of your head. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But I I mean like I'm, I think I've gotten better with like the whole texting thing. Yeah. I would always just, when they're texting, I would just drop silent and yeah. just wait for them. Yeah. But they're listening. They have ears. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that personally. Mm-hmm. I try not to take it personally because, like, they probably, what if they're texting their mom that they had their HIV test was yeah, negative? Right. So, like, it's really important. So I didn't want to say, like, oh, let me give you some time. Like, yeah. like I, I, I see it as sort of, like, it's nothing, but I don't want you to put you on the spot if mm-hmm. I'm just silent. Like, and so, like, my dog, we went to the park, and I see this one, and I just stop. Mm-hmm. And then when they look, and she's like, no, keep going. Oh, okay. I didn't, I, well, you looked down. I just thought, you know, you weren't paying attention yeah. to me. So it's a weird dynamic now. Well, it's definitely uh, become a cultural thing, I think. Uh, uh-huh. Sort of just, you know, texting cultural in general is, is I think people have... Maybe I'm wrong when I say this, but they've kind of, when you're texting, it's almost passive. Like, you you know, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you, and but I, I could text and still focus on the conversation. Yeah. Some people are better than others, but I think that's sort of a good way to look at it because you can't take it personally because it's so rooted in, you know, who we are now as, you know, 21st century uh, tech fanatics that um, we can do that. We could text and, and, and have a conversation at the same time. But um, that said... Uh, if you could put the phone down, I, I, I can guarantee it's it's definitely going to be more intimate because you're yeah. making eye contact. You know, more than just listening, it's, it's eye contact. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people if you're going on a date, you know, if the other person is continually looking at you and making eye contact with you, then you're having a good time. Yeah. Um, not that everything's a date, but just in general, if you're making eye contact, that's what's so important. So. I tell you, I'm seeing someone right now, and I love it because she's not looking at the phone. Yeah. It's it's gratifying mm-hmm. it changes the entire whole scenario it's like oh my gosh she didn't look at her phone once <laughs> are you ridiculous are you are you that's a keeper are you for real yeah right real? <laughs> that's a real thing oh thank god <laughs> yeah uh but i mean we 
thank you thank you for this conversation i really appreciate it that one because like you know i know you're busy with your ra schedule and you know with academics but also too it's, it, your words they seem genuine to me and i don't mean that in condescending ways mm -hmm. like they you seem like when i'm talking to casey it's casey it's yeah. not some like facade of like hey i'm ra casey right right like why well, yeah i hear you uh <laughs> Genuine's all I got. That's the only thing I got. Because I, I, I hate. That's the, my number one thing is is, mm -hmm. is cut the bullshit. That's that right. should be my motto. If 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 I was selling myself, if I was selling Casey Luck to someone, that would be the motto. Casey Luck dash cut the bullshit. <laughs> no, the business card. Right, business card. And then after like drink monster. Yeah, or right. drink monster. Right. <laughs> Drink monster, but then you know it'll have like a uh, like a disclosure or like a clause at the bottom saying, like, "Don't use it for your macaroni." Though. <laughs> don't use it for your macaroni, though. Drink one a day or, or drink one a week, and, and and then don't talk to me afterwards. Don't, talk, don't ever talk to me. <laughs> but thank you so much, Casey. No problem. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, uh, Mr. Luck. Is a very genuine guy. Cut the bullshit. Like he says, cut the bullshit. <laughs> anyway, tune in next time for another episode of the Life of You and Me podcast happening every Monday and Thursday here on SoundCloud. Anyway, or whatever medium you listen to. I don't I don't discriminate from any other source. Just I wanted to let you know. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a good day. Goodbye.